You're listening to the Benefits at Work podcast, where we explore unique employee benefit offerings and programs to help improve your company and workplace culture. We cover wellness, technology, trending hot topics, and more. Now here's your host, Director of Client Engagement at Lipscomb & Pitts Insurance, Betsy Kamler. Hello, and welcome to our Benefits at Work podcast. I'm Betsy Kamler, Director of Client Engagement at Lipscomb and Pitts Insurance. Today, I have Dr. Axel Grothy. He's the Director of Gastrointestinal Cancer Research at the West Cancer Center in Memphis. Dr. Grothy has been with the West Cancer Center for two and a half years, but he was previously with the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Good morning, Dr. Grothy. Thanks for having me, Betsy. Yeah. Um, well, first, of course, we do want to go ahead and start a little bit about West Clinic. We're all very familiar with the name. We know of the beautiful building there in Germantown, but tell us a little bit about um, what you guys do there. Yeah, so West Clinic is the largest cancer center in the Mid-South, and we have uh, about 60 medical oncologists and radiation oncologists, as well as surgeons, multidisciplinary approach in our uh, center. Um, we see about 26,000 cancer patients a year and 5,000 new cancer patients, which again is on par with the large academic institutions. By its very definition, West Cancer Center is community-based, but there are clearly academic affiliations. We have cancer research, we have clinical trials, and we have more and more subspecialization of oncologists. I myself, I only see patients with GI cancer, in particular colorectal cancer. Okay, great. Well, um, as a lot of us have probably um, seen or may not be aware of that March is the colorectal cancer you know, awareness month. And that's why we have you here today. We're pleased to have you join us to discuss the importance of this uh, type of cancer, you know, prevention, lifestyle, eating habits when it comes to color- colorectal health. So to begin, how important is colorectal cancer for the public health? And what are some of the symptoms that we need to be looking for? Yeah, colorectal cancer is very important for public health. And the idea of, you know, this one of the more important cancers, um, it is in terms of incidence, meaning how many cases we diagnose, number three in men and women, but in terms of cancer death, it's ranked number two. So we see about 150,000 cases diagnosed every year in the United States with colorectal cancer. And unfortunately, we have between 45 and 50,000 deaths from colorectal cancer. Now, the importance here is that a lot of the death could be prevented when we uh, really engage everyone in the available screening tests, you know, colonoscopies, stool tests for hidden blood, and really not ignore some of the early warning signs of the symptoms that you just uh, referred to. You know, if a patient comes or if a person has blood in bowel movements, for instance, changes in bowel habits, it should not be trivialized and say, yeah, this is just hemorrhoids. This needs to be worked up because if we detect colon cancer, colorectal cancer early, sometimes even in a polyp state, non-cancer state, something that leads to cancer and remove these polyps, we can cure patients. We can prevent cancer from happening. So a lot of these cancer deaths are preventable and we should really educate everyone not to ignore some of the symptoms. Talk to your um, primary care provider. Talk to you and get referral to gastroenterology for workup. Again, colorectal cancer is one of the most preventable cancers that we have, and we haven't even touched upon you know potential lifestyle changes, which also reduces the risk of colorectal cancer. 
Okay. And I also um, believe I've just recently, probably in the past couple months, they've changed the recommended age for colonoscopy from 50 to 45. Is that correct? That is correct. I mean, we see the emergence of a new trend in colorectal cancer incidence. You know, we always thought about colorectal cancer as being a disease of the elderly. And it's still mm -hmm. most of the patients are older patients over the age of 65, the median age, so the middle age kind of is 67. Uh, but unfortunately, we see more and more younger patients really being diagnosed with colon cancer. Actually, the trend is quite remarkable. When we look from 2010 to 2030, in 2010, only 5% of uh, colon cancer patients were under the age of 50, which is considered young. And I consider that very young because that's younger than I am. In mm -hmm. 2030, it's going to be 11%, so more than double the share of colorectal cancers will be under the age of 50. Now for rectal cancer, the rate goes up from 9% to projected 22%. So in particular, in the younger patient between 20 and 34 years, very young patient, we see a projected 124% increase in rectal cancer, in expected rectal cancer cases. So this is kind of a reflection of what you just mentioned. The recommendations uh, for screening colonoscopies went from 50 years to 45 years now. I would still like to see it at 40 years. And we need yeah. to highlight if there's a first degree relative of a patient who has colon cancer, screening needs to start earlier than that. Yeah, I totally agree. And you kind of mentioned, you know, with um, touched on the younger population and how it's just kind of unfortunately been, we've been more aware of that lately, especially with um, Chad, Chadwick Boseman, you know, as we all know, in the, the films, you know, Black Panther and all the Marvel movies, um, yeah. that has brought a lot of attention to this type yeah. of cancer, for sure. And, and interestingly, he shot these movies while he was on therapy, yes. which uh -huh. I think remarkable. I mean, uh -huh. what a com composed person. It also highlights, you know, that and this could be reassuring that a lot of our treatments are not as taxing and, and not, don't have as many side effects as people might think. You can even shoot a superhero movie on that, which I, yeah. again, I don't want to trivialize that, but you know, it is a lot of people are afraid of, you know, seeing oncologists, potential side effects of treatments, et cetera. You know, it is, um, our treatments are much better than what people actually perceive. Um, have a perception of, but the most important point is don't let it come to that point. I mean, if a Chadwick Boseman had had access to, for instance, screening colonoscopies when he was 40, he would have probably been diagnosed uh, with the polyps and pre-malignant conditions early. So he would have hopefully never developed colon cancer. So, and again, it highlights don't ignore symptoms that are raise a warning flag uh, talk to your doctor. And again, don't hesitate to get a colonoscopy at some point. Yes. Yeah. Ironically, um, this morning, um, one of the first segments they had on today's show this morning was talking about um, one of the anchors there. His He was one of three brothers and one of his brothers passed away from colon cancer and they were highlighting his other brother was at the age to to have the colonoscopy done. And they were, you know, highlighting that and having a story on that and everything. So it is, I've seen more and more about it you know, recently because of all this, yeah. that, which is good, which is very good. I mean, um, the question, of course, is why do we see this increase in young patients? And, you know, yeah. genetics hasn't changed, but I think it's really ties into lifestyle changes, ties into obesity, what we eat, how we eat. 
you know, alcohol intake, et cetera. It, I don't, don't think there's one factor that really explains it all, but it's a composition and it has to be lifestyle changes that we see. And you know, there's a lot of research going on right now. Also, the interaction with our, you know, the bacteria that we have in our gut, the microbiome, which is affected mm -hmm. by the, how we eat and what we eat, and that can actually contribute to, yeah, formation of cancer. So there's a lot of research that's going on right now. That's great. Um, well, what does a family that is that has, you know, have the col colorectal cancer patient within their family need to know? Is there a risk of other family members, and how common is it as a genetic disposition? There are really well-defined genetic syndromes, kind of familial cancers that kind of go from one generation to the other, but that affects only about five to ten percent of the, all the cases, you know, that we diagnose with colon cancer. But having said that, if there is a patient diagnosed with colon cancer, first-degree relatives have an increased um, two to three to fourfold, depends on the study, increased risk of developing cancer. And the guidelines are you know, kind of as a to ballpark, you know, kind of when at the age of diagnosis of a cancer patient, the first degree relative should be screened 10 years earlier than the age of diagnosis. So for instance, if someone gets diagnosed at the age of 45, recommendation is that first degree relative should be screened for colon cancer at the age of 35. So 10 right. years younger um, to really be able to detect, you know, early stages uh, uh, much more readily. Um, on the other hand, you know, um, most of those patients don't have a clearly identified familial risk. Um, what I believe is important also and that what I see in my clinical practice uh, a lot is a cancer diagnosis does not only affect the patient, it affects the whole family. Because, you know, that is such That's a life-changing event. Mm -hmm. And in particular, when I see younger patients that have children, all of a sudden these children get put into the mix of cancer diagnosis of a parent, uh, hopefully curable disease, uh, but I think we need to really, uh, as an oncologist, I try to really pay attention to the whole familiar, family environment of my patients that I take care of. Right, exactly. It's so important. To, and it goes back to the you know colonoscopy, you know, now changed from 50 to 45. I mean, like you said, I've, I've known people that have had family members, just like you said, that have been affected by this disease. And, and you're right, they go get those colonoscopies done much sooner than what- yeah, Rightfully um, so. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and how, unfortunately, you know, obviously those that do are affected by this cancer, how is it treated? It depends on the stage of diagnosis. And we normally characterize a lot of cancers into four stages, stage one, early stage, and stage four, more advanced stage. And the chance to be cured, of course, is also dependent on uh, the stage. Um, very, very good chance to be cured in stage one, lower chance to be cured in stage four when the cancer is spread to other organs. But mm -hmm. even then in colon cancer, we have some patients who are long-term survivors who are cured, particularly when we detect the stage, even stage four as early as possible, and we have a chance to remove cancers in their different locations. So components of treatment is surgery is kind of the most important one because we want to remove the cancer tissue, in particular in stage one, two, and three, when the cancer has not yet spread to other organs. And then there is a kind of mix of adding chemotherapy, for instance, after surgery to prevent cancer from coming back in patients with a stage two or three cancers. And uh, in stage four, when we have cancer kind of more being a problem for the whole body, we use 
chemotherapies, medical treatment, immunotherapies more and more. And again, in some of these patients, we can actually achieve a long-term control of the disease or even cure when we really build a team around the cancer patient based on surgeon, medical oncologist, geneticist, radiation oncologist in particular for rectal cancer patients. So it's really a multidisciplinary team approach toward colorectal cancer. And fortunately, you know, the good news is we've made a lot of advances in the last uh, five to 10 years even. And we understand much better what is driving the cancer. We identify Achilles heels, Achilles heels of cancers based on molecular profiling, which at Breast Cancer Center, every patient receives in a, uh, when they come with an advanced stage cancer. Every patient has a genomic profile of their cancer. So I think, you know, this is fortunately, fortunately cutting edge technology and uh, treatment approaches can help improve outcomes for patients. Yeah, that's very encouraging to know. Like I said, if we pe- we can just all be aware of what things we can do to prevent it, and then if there's even the slightest concern to go get it checked out, and it may hopefully be nothing, but at least it's something that you can get checked out and be have peace of mind before it progresses to something that, like you said, may require a little bit more extensive treatment that would be um, difficult as opposed to you know, catching it early on. Well, Dr. Grothy, this has been all wonderful information. And um, just for myself and for others out there, where can we learn more information about colorectal cancer and the prevention and lifestyle changes and things like that? I think very helpful are web links uh, provided by patient advocacy groups like uh, fightcolorectalcancer.org. So one word, fightcolorectalcancer.org. There's also a very active Facebook group, a closed group called Colon Town in Rechtelberg, you know, which is really provides a lot of information for patients in a, um, in again, on the Facebook format. West Cancer Center has a website, westcancercenter.org. Um, there's a lot of information out there um, and uh, I hope that you know, the more education we provide to patients, the better I think it is. They need to understand their disease and not just for themselves, but also for their family members. Yeah, definitely. So, well, again, well, this concludes our podca- podcast and um, thank you so much, um, Dr. Grothy, again, for your time today. And um, again, I know you're very busy and we really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Benefits at Work podcast. To learn more about wellness, technology, and compliance, head to lpinsurance.com or follow us online at LP Insurance.